What is up, y'all? Welcome back to Peace and Tribulation. I am going to be so honest. I keep trying to film this episode, and it is very hard. So hard. Um, So, we're going to try again because I really feel blessed by what I'm learning right now, and I really want to bless you guys with it. Um, really, I want the Lord to bless you with this because it's not me. It's His Word. It's His the posture we get to have in Him. It is His goodness. And yeah, I... I have been through a really good season recently, and I never thought that I would say that because healing is very hard, and processing stuff and growing is very freaking hard, but I have seen the goodness of God, and no matter what this process is bringing me, I want to testify to his goodness because he has been very faithful to me and he has been redeeming my perspective of a lot of stuff, including what it means to wait, what it means to be his daughter, the way he sees me, um, really replacing a lot of lies with the truth of who he is. And yeah, I'm really grateful that he doesn't want his kids to live a life alone. I'm really grateful for that. And, um, I'm grateful that he is greater than my deepest roots of fear, my deepest roots of insecurity, my deepest roots of worry, my my deepest temptations, my sin, my shame, my what my pride. Like he is deeper than all those things. I'm sorry, he's greater than all those things and his love runs deeper than all those things. And when I fix my posture upon him, those things seem small, but when I exalt those things above him, they seem greater than him. But I'm grateful that his, his greatness, his like how mighty he is, how glorious he is, doesn't actually change just because my perspective changes, but that he's actually so consistent in who he is and he is so great and he is such a good father. And so I just want this podcast to be this episode to be a time where our posture shifts. I just feel a pulling that our posture needs to shift on our circumstance because a lot of us have, including myself, a tendency to put our identity in our circumstance. And then our faith wavers. Our faith wavers so much because we don't recognize the Lord's faithfulness to us being steadfast in the midst of of our circumstance in the midst of whatever we're going through. And man, are things temporary? Um, and I always end up feeling like convicted around the fact, like I'm waiting for something that I wasn't even worried about like 10 years ago or even like last year. And now I'm putting my identity in that, but I was a whole, I was a person. I was whole before I was even waiting for this. So, so what is the point in doing that except to disappoint me when I put my identity in that? So I just want us to like turn away from that. If that's something you're struggling with, like confess that to the Lord and turn away from it and and seek him for a posture that is of sonship, that is of resting in him, that is one that is praising and and desiring him and and proclaiming his word and promises in the midst of whatever you're waiting for. And this all this has been coming up for me um as something I'm learning the past few weeks. And, um, really settled in, has really been settling in this past week when, um, I was in class yesterday when we talked about waiting and also when I've had a few people pray for me and, and just these images of being a sheep by the still water 
coming up a lot. And um, yeah, I just, I don't know. We were talking about waiting yesterday in my adult and family ministry class and what it looks like to wait well. Um, we were talking about John the Baptist and how he waited for the coming of Jesus, right? And the way that he waited allowed him to continuously decrease that when Jesus arrived, he wanted the Lord to increase still. And I don't know that that's always been my posture. He, I, I want to like say that again, like the posture he had of waiting was one where he was continually, continuously decreasing in himself so that when Jesus came, he understood that he still must de decrease and that Jesus still must increase. We see that when Jesus shows up on the scene, right? Like he's like, oh, I, I have to hand this over. Like I baptize you, Jesus, but like, like you are the one I've been preparing the way for. So like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like there was such an intimacy with his father. There was such an intimacy with the Lord that he understood that this was bigger than him. This was bigger than, than John the Baptist, like ministry, right? Like, which a lot of people thought he was weird. He like wore weird stuff, smelled weird, looked weird, whatever it was. Like a lot of people thought he was just crazy, but his, he understood his purpose was for something greater than himself. That when the way came, he still wanted to decrease. And I want to have that posture because I think often there's, there's things that we're wanting that we really have to check ourselves and seek the Lord for an answer of, if you were to bless me with this right now, would I actually be ready? And even if I feel like I would be ready, would I give you the praise? Would I give you the honor and glory for what you've given me? Would I rejoice in your goodness when I have it? And the answer, honestly, I'm, 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 like I'm saying this as something I'm also learning about myself. If I will not praise him and glorify him before I have it, I will not praise and glorify him when I have it, whatever that is. If that is healing for you, if that is, if that is a relationship, if that is money, if that is a job, if that is a community, like I've seen it in myself that I've put my identity in so much of what I'm missing that I have not even praised him about the things I have or the thing or his promises to come before I've had that because I've been like, Oh, well I'm lacking this and I've exalted whatever I'm lacking above him. And he's like, the Lord is not just his promises. He's more than his promises plus his promises. Like he is his truth and he is like by himself. He is God. Like he's the father, son, Holy spirit. Like him, like he himself needed nothing. The Lord almighty needed nothing, nothing from us, nothing from this earth to create anything to be life. Like he just is the Lord is. And that's where faithfulness start. Faithfulness starts is to understand that God just is There's a scripture that says that, um, it's something about like, to have faith, like you have to understand and believe that he is like, that's where faith starts is to believing that God is because who would pray to someone they don't believe in. Right. And I find myself in times of doubt and times of waiting and times of anger and frustration and all the feelings of me, cause it's not from the Lord. I find myself forgetting 
that he still is. I find myself praying with a posture of, I don't really know if you're going to pull through because I've forgotten that he is the prize, that he is the portion. I've forgotten that he says that I don't have to be God. I've forgotten that his promises remain the same, whether I'm seeing it or not. I've forgotten that his thoughts and ways are bigger and greater than my thoughts and ways. I've forgotten that he is God and not me. I've forgotten that he is timeless. He's not on my timeline. I'm on his. I've forgotten that. And that's so convicting to me because I often come to the Lord with an agenda or an expectation of what I think my healing will look like or what I think my bank account should look like or I want it to look like or what I think relationships should look like or or when I think um, this should happen or that should happen. And, and that's just not... He knows me way more than I know myself to know what I need when I need it. And I expected that healing would be like a one and done therapy session. I'm good to go. LOL. That is funny because no, it's not like that. It's not like that. And I think often I was, I was talking to my friend about this yesterday. Often we, we look at stories in the Bible of Jesus healing people, right? The leper healing the woman who bled for 12 years, healing the man who was paralyzed. And we think like, well, he did that like miraculously in the moment. Why can't he do that with me? Were those people not waiting? Was the woman not bleeding for 12 years that she was waiting? It says she went to every doctor and physician she was waiting. She might not have known what she was waiting for. And there's many times I think I know what I'm waiting for. And I don't, I didn't, I, I don't just need the woman that was bleeding for 12 years did not just need to be healed of bleeding. She ended up needing someone to remind, to remind her that she is a daughter, that she is worthy, that she is clean, that she is forgiven. She would, if she was healed by a physician, she would not have understood that she needed healed by Jesus so that when he came, she wouldn't even think to want to know him. She wouldn't even understand the faithfulness he has for her that if she just touched his garment, she would be healed because it says her faith made her well. We often look at those stories and think that he healed in an instant. And yes, he'll say like, man, get up. And then a man who has not been able to stand for 30 years gets up. But were they not waiting for 30 years? Does he not always describe them as as sitting and begging or, or going to a physician or trying to crawl into the healing water for many years, but then still being helpless? He also has an understanding for us in that. He understands that waiting. His timing, though, is bigger than our waiting. His plan is bigger than ours. And we have to remember that. And we have to have a posture that allows our faithfulness to be upon his. And and the fact that he knows greater than we do. And that he is not in a, he's not in a business of fast of fast um, deliverance and, and urgency and whatever based on our timeline. Yes, he does heal fast sometimes. Yes, like people talk about like their child being healed of a sickness 
that like just in an instant i'm not i'm not disregarding how fast he will heal he does but there is always a process and a purpose in the way in which the lord does things and often because of what we're waiting for because of what we're struggling with because of what we're feeling because of our pain we forget that he is greater and that he has a bigger plan than we do because it's never just about what we're waiting for like i think of like so especially in my generation man like so many of us are like i'm just waiting to get married one day like we just want the cute aesthetically pleasing christian marriage without the understanding that when we come together as one we are now the bride of christ together and christ is our groom without understanding the work that's going to be need to be put in without understanding what it means to become one without understanding what the principles of a marriage that is being led by Christ looks like without actually reading the word about marriage, without actually understanding who we are as an individual before we get married. We so often want this thing so much that we forget like he's made us whole outside of it. Like he has known us and fully knows and fully loves us before any of that. Like he's greater. And so, or we wait for this relationship. We wait for this marriage. Um, I just see it. So I've seen it in myself. I've also just seen it in a lot of people around me and it's nothing again. Like it's, I get it. I get it. But we will put our identity so much in someone else loving us that when that fails, we don't understand or believe that God has always loved us. Like even he's he loved us more than that individual loved us or will love us like we think that we'll just see god's love in a person but he actually has loved us before the foundation of the world and whoever you're gonna marry babe they did not know you before the foundation of the world like they don't love you that deep they can't they're not god so our identity needs to be so rooted in the lord that whatever comes whatever goodness or struggle comes, our posture is one of sonship that is resting in the faithfulness of God and his everlasting love with an understanding that he is in control, that he is mighty, that he is greater, that he is holy, that he is always worthy to be praised. And so no matter what, like, He's always like, he's always seeing you as a son or daughter. Like because of Christ, we have become sons and daughters of the one true King heirs of the, like heirs of the kingdom, right? Like we, our ability to still serve him, our ability to still be loved, our ability to still be rested in the Lord does not change because of our needs or wants or circumstance. So when we have a posture that allow, that we're welcoming the Lord in to be our portion, because he ultimately is, when our prayer is, Lord, I want to dwell in your house no matter what. I want to seek your face no matter what in Jesus' name. When we have a posture of that, we are continuously seeking Jesus. 
and not seeking fulfillment in anything else, not seeking after our emotions, not seeking comfort in anything else. We are seeing him. We are already like whatever might come, we will have a posture where we're already praising. We're already worshiping. We're already confident in him and who he's made us to be. We're already understanding what he wants for us. We're already praising and proclaiming him. How strong in Christ will we be? Will we be when we do that? Man, like I was reading in Psalm 23 through 27 this morning and I just want to include that and include this article that I found about Psalm 27 because I don't want any of this to sound like I'm putting it on you for like the changes that need to be made. No, like our heart posture is something we have to allow the Lord to redeem. And it's just something we're going to struggle with on our humanness constantly. Um, yet the Lord is so faithful that even in us just turning to him, like his light just comes in and boom, you know, just changes things. Um, Cause he has desires for greater than us to even be settling in, in our emotions and our, in our frustrations. Um, and constantly through the Psalms that I was reading, David says, one thing that I ask for, one thing do I seek is to dwell in the house, to dwell in the beauty of the Lord forever, right? To dwell in his house, to seek his face. Um, he understood that Jesus is the prize. He understood that his Lord God is the portion. He understood that no matter what, the Lord is all he needs. So it makes sense that when he talks about his enemies coming, that he's hidden in Christ. Like he's so hidden in the Lord because he's already in a posture of being in Christ, of, of resting in him. And I'm reading this article called um, An Unhurried Heart. It's on the website unhurriedliving.com. It's called, yeah, Psalm 27, an unhurried heart. This article, I'm not sure who it's by actually. Um, It's a really good read. And I just saw, I like looked up Psalm 27 and what it means to seek his face. Because I think like, because we're humans, like we need practical ways. So like, what does this even, like, what does this mean? How do we do this? Right. Um, And it's hard. Like a lot of, a lot of seeking his face, a lot of dwelling in the Lord is doing nothing. It's setting aside time to just be in Christ and to first acknowledge that he is God. So he is real. And then to just be open to being real with where you're at, being open with the Lord about where you're at, and then asking his, asking for your heart to be open to him, that he would do whatever he needs to do. Right. Um, and so I'm reading this article called an unhurried heart. And which is so good because our life in Jesus is supposed to be unhurried. Like if you look at the culture of this world, it is fast paced. And the Bible does say like the path to life is narrow, but the path to destruction is wide. And I think in our, there's a temptation to hurry and that and living in that hurry can be leading in that path to destruction. And like, I'm, I'm not saying that to bring fear or like, like that's just, that's just something I'm learning is that like, we really need to slow down because we like knowing everything about the Lord and knowing everything about the Christian lifestyle and trying to do our best on our own is not the same as experiencing God. And like I said before, we cannot experience God without spending time trying to experience him. Right. Like, 
So let me just read a little bit of this article. How do we learn to live an unhurried life in such a busy, anxious world? How can I cultivate an unhurried heart when there's so much on my plate? I recently found some wise guidance reflecting on Psalm 27. Remember who God is. The scripture says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The author of this article says, David begins with God. Sounds simple, right? But there is such wisdom packed into starting with remembering who God is. God is my light, my salvation, and the stronghold of my life. When I remember that, I somehow slow down inside. My fears diminish. I become unhurried. Many of my fears relate to the un unknown. I'm afraid of something out there beyond my vision or be behind me somewhere in the dark. When I let my fear come first, I become frantic. But the Lord is my light in any dark place. He is my salvation and will save me in whatever way I need saving. I may not even know how I need to be saved. He is a safe place for my life. Like he's not just safety for when I feel scared. He's safe. He's safety for my life, my whole life. And that is good news. And then it says, learn to seek the one thing. Psalm 27, 4 says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. The author says, I'm inspired by David's singular focus in this prayer. He asks one thing of the Lord. I have a hard time hearing the words one thing without thinking of the movie City Slickers and Curly's Secret of Life, one thing. He leaves Mitch in the dark about what the one thing is, but David sure doesn't. David's one thing is this, continual and unhurried abiding in God's beautiful, wise, and holy presence. This is what he's seeking. This is what he wants. Continual and unhurried abiding in God's beautiful, wise, and holy presence. That is what he's seeking. This is what he wants. Um, so good. And let me see... There's like a lot of questions that come to mind of like, so what does it actually mean to seek God? Like what, how do we do that? And like, it sounds repetitive, but it really does mean like spending time in the word of God, setting 10 minutes aside even, or 20 minutes in complete quiet, like in the beginning of your day, middle of your day, end of your day, like seeking after the Lord. Um, I loved there was a part of another article I read that said, like, we can literally find the presence of God in his creation, looking around and just looking at the, like, we know that the Lord has created the heavens and the earth, right? Like he reigns over all of this. So like, and if I'm looking outside and seeing the snowfall, I'm seeing his sovereignty in that. I'm seeing his sovereignty in the way that grace is extended to someone. I'm seeing sovereignty in the way that I see this change in someone who was just struggling with depression and for some reason feels this joy today, just this joy today and is expressing the goodness of God. How the heck are they doing that? Because of the Lord's faithfulness, because they're dwelling in the house of the Lord. Like we need to be in a posture that is looking for the goodness of God. Not just through what he can give, but based on who he is. That starts with resting in who, like resting in who he is, reading what the word says about who God is, and then allowing that to affect what you see about yourself. And a lot of this is undoing that process of hurry. We don't like to hear that because it sounds like we're doing nothing because we are people who just want tangible things, but. The Lord, like, constantly is, like, be still and know that I am God. 
seek my face. And I get angry at that because I'll be like, Lord, I'm trying to do that and nothing's happening because I'm still putting an agenda on how I think that should look. But there's so much life in what God says in his word and his promises and in his spirit. Like his spirit is offered to us every day that even in our circumstance, we can have joy. We could still offer praises to the Lord. Like we need to learn ultimately that we need to constantly be seeking after the Lord unhurried. He's always inviting us to seek his face. And we have to be open to saying, okay, Lord, I'll do that. Not for any agenda, but to be rested in you. And it's such a shift in focus. And this might sound repetitive. And I'm I, I'm sorry if it does, but also like, man, this is the life we're supposed to be living. And we miss it all around us when we are so focused on our circumstance. And I feel like there's people listening, including, even including myself, we have so much pain. So much pain. So much frustration. We've been waiting for so long. I don't want to disregard that pain. I don't want you to think that the Lord does not care about that pain. He feels what you feel. He knows what you're going through. He wants to be your safe place in the midst of it. He wants to show you that he actually has something greater for you than for you to even thank you, Lord, for then for you to even be healed by whatever it is, because he wants to be more than that healing. He wants to be there for you in the midst of your need. He wants to be there for you before you get married, before you find love, before you get a job, before you get a position. Because he wants to show you that you're more than those things. He wants to remind you of where it started in the garden, where it was you and him, where he created you before the foundations of the world, knowing what purpose you had, delighting in you for who you are in his image. God is so good. He just wants to spend time with you. And that will be more redemptive and healing. Because you will understand that what you need is not just tangible. It's not just healing of blood for 12 years. It is something spiritual. It is something is emotional. It is something that only our earthly father who create, or I'm sorry, our heavenly father can give us. Our heavenly father who created us can give us. Allow him to heal you in that way without any agenda without any timeline because it's he's more than just that healing and life with him is more than just being saved it is to then live in your salvation being jesus it is to then live in his love and you cannot live in his love without receiving it Mm. there's a psalm 143 um has a beautiful prayer in the midst of it um the psalm is like quoted as being called my my soul thirst for you and psalm 143 8 says this it says let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love for in you i trust make me know the way i should go for to you i lift up my soul i feel like a a lot of us need to hear that he's not going to want us to go anywhere until we know his love for us he's not he doesn't need us to any to do anything 
Does he invite us to be a part of things for him? Yes. Or with him. I'm sorry, not even for him, with him. Yes. But it is after knowing your identity in Jesus that then things are, things come along, right? Like more seeds are planted, more seeds are growing, but they, they, they are growing in his love and in his spirit, which are always things that we can experience. Step back and experience the Lord today. Dwell in his presence. Seek his face. There's no agenda. There's nothing that that specifically looks like other than maybe take the headphones out of your ears. Maybe don't watch a show today. Maybe the time you spend even like working out or being with friends, maybe you grab a quick lunch and then you go sit and just watch the world around you because God is greater than you and I. Our father is greater than you and I. And our father is greater than the enemy and our worst fears. He has a purpose for you. And it is to first live in his love. Really, it's always to live in his love. To always have that posture. That then we can live out of that. And that is beautiful. And there's so much beauty that I feel the Lord wants to show you. And just as I feel he wants to show me. So I thank you guys for listening through all this. Um, and I just hope that this blesses you today. And I hope that you just breathe in today. Um, he's got it. He's got it. And he just wants you to rest in him as his son or daughter. So he loves you very much. And um, yeah, have a good day.